Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Picciuto, and I'm very excited to have my friend Kate Schaub on the line with us today. Kate, how you doing? Ah, hey, good, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast today. Um, why don't you give a quick intro to the listeners? Uh, so what would you like to know? <laughs> um, I'm uh, originally from Pittsburgh. I'm an artist, um, usually in like oil or acrylic painting and realism, and then I'll dabble in some abstract too. And um, and then now I live in Seattle. So <laughs> that's about what I got for you. Far from home for sure. So oh. uh, in, in advance of the, the overarching conversation we have about your art, I'm going to apologize for butchering like different types of mediums and, and techniques no, and shit because I have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's funny, <laughs> I went back to Facebook to look because I remembered messaging you many, many years ago about, I you know, I stumbled across your art online because I went to school in West Virginia. Someone that yeah. I knew in Pittsburgh shared something that you did for either the Penguins or Penn or okay. Pitt or whatever. And... Uh, it was 2016. So I've been a huge fan oh and follower gosh. of your artwork for an extremely long time. Um, <laughs> but explain to me how you started getting into art and when it became a career and just kind of talk me through your uh, your artistic journey. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was always artistic ever since I was a kid. Um, I was always like coloring and winning coloring contests in elementary school. Um, I mean, I just took your standard art classes that you had to take all the way up until high school. Uh, so everyone knew that I could draw, but I didn't start painting until sophomore year mm -hmm. of high school. And uh, I originally actually wasn't even going to take art because at that wow. time you had to actually take art as a class if you wanted to do it. And um, my first year I didn't take it. And then my mom was like, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why aren't you doing art? So um, my sophomore year, I actually finally took studio art, and then that's where we were introduced into painting. So I, um, as we were talking about earlier before we started, um, kind of like the imposter syndrome. So I would do these paintings, and I thought they looked like shit. So I actually tried to throw one away, and my mom took it out of the garbage, and she made me enter it in this like high school contest, and I wound up winning third place. Oh, my God. I love you know, that. Yeah, so, like, I was just like, meh, okay, I mean, I don't know, I set my bar pretty high just with everything in life, so if I'm not great at it, I don't want to do it, so third place, like, didn't wow me, um, but uh, continued to do art into my junior year, and then that's when we got into oil painting and started to get into painting people, and that's when I started to realize, like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe I can paint, um, <laughs> so it was my junior summer going into my senior year and my art teacher wanted us to take um take a painting home and like work on it all summer and i didn't know what to paint so she finally found this this painting of uh, a bus driver in the magazine and i i went to this kid he kept the photo because nobody wanted it and i was like hey like you still have the photo of that guy he's like yeah so he he gave it to me and so i worked on that all summer and I just didn't know, you know, how people were going to react to it. I only had my family members that saw it. I didn't have my teacher giving me critiques of, you know, change this, do that. So I took him in to um, school my first day of senior year, and my teacher, like, fell out of her chair. <laughs> and uh, so I got, like, a huge reaction. And so now everyone knows that painting of Cletus, my bus driver. <laughs> Uh, well, not my actual bus driver, right, right. but the bus driver painting. And um, I always say Cletus is my baby. And my art teacher put me into every contest that she could. And 
not only did I, you know, win them all, but I was winning best of show. Wow. So the one time I didn't go to my one show and it was like 800 entries out of five states. And my teacher, this is, <laughs> I am old. Or, so <laughs> this is like, this wasn't, this is no cell phone. She called on my house phone and left a, a message on the answering machine. And we came home and turned it on. And she is freaking the fuck out. And she was like, you won. You took the whole show. Like, Holy shit. so that was another thing that was just kind of like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, I can do this. So as it started to develop, uh, my senior year did more oil paintings and they turned out beautiful and started to think like, you know, maybe I can do this in the future. And my art teacher was like, you know, think about going to art school. So she had told me about Savannah College of Art and Design and I actually got in, but it was $40,000 a year. Oh, wow. So it, it was kind of like, do I want to go to school for something that I already know how to do and I'm very good at it. Um, can I even make this into a career? Can I even make this money back? Mm -hmm. So it was actually like three weeks before I was supposed to go to Savannah, paid room and board. And um, I got too scared and I was like, I'm not going. So there I was 18, not knowing what to do with my life. And everyone would always ask like, oh, so what are you doing? Like, where are you going to school? It's always like the number one question after you graduate. And I would tell people like, oh, like I'm not going to school. And then like the look of like, disappointment and like judgment all over their face and they're like so what are you doing I was like well you know I don't I don't know and you know that was a period of my life where I was very lost so for the next two years at least all I did I didn't even really paint anymore I just worked part-time jobs mm -hmm. and um and I worked at Hard Rock Pittsburgh and I was a hostess and you know you wind up talking to people and uh, I would show them my artwork and everyone would always say like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Why aren't you doing art? Like, what are you doing here? And I was just like, Oh, well, you know, like it, you know, I need money, you know, <laughs> to pay my bills and you know, got to make it somehow. So um, it kind of developed slowly over the years by complete fate. I mean, I can't speak for other artists. I'm incredibly fortunate and I just think I am incredibly fucking lucky with the people I've met in my life. And sometimes I don't feel like my life is real. And um, at the time, I mean, still, but at the time, um, filming movies in Pittsburgh was like really, really big. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I decided to be an extra on one of the movies. And they called me and asked if I wanted to be a stand-in for the lead role of the Taylor Lautner movie. <laughs> and I didn't even know what a, I didn't even know what a stand-in was. And I said, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, so I was literally calling stand-in. So that was my first time working on movie sets, um, being around high profile people. You learn how to be professional and, you know, you see firsthand, too, of people that are always like, you know, trying to get something out of people. There's mm -hmm. always, you know what I mean? Like they always just want something from you. And it, I, to see that like firsthand and just made you respect people more in the industry of, you know, I, I would never want someone to treat me like that. And yeah. um, so I, I never told any of them that I was an artist, um, unlike a lot of people that were on set that were kind of like, hey, nudge, nudge, here's what I do. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I actually, <laughs> that job was left to my dad. <laughs> so my dad worked at the Sheridan Hotel where the crew was staying. So my dad was the one that was always bragging about me. So I had people on set coming up to me and saying like, hey, you know, like I met your dad, like show me your artwork. Oh my God, so I from love there, that. Yeah, so like from there, um, then I would show them my stuff and I, I got a couple pieces from some of the crew members I did for them. And that was some of like my first commissions that I started doing. 
Um, and then I kind of realized, like, I don't want to work at Hard Rock anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to work on movies, and I want to I want to paint uh, for these people. So I wound up quitting Hard Rock, and the people on the movie set were like, do you have an agent? Like, if you want to keep working on sets, you should get an agent. So I wound up auditioning for our local um, talent agency, Doherty in Pittsburgh. So I did uh, print commercial modeling and acting. And uh, sometimes if you want to make, like, an extra buck, like, if you want to – I don't want to say be a shot girl, but sometimes it's more classier than that. And sure. you get paid a lot more. So um, they would ask me if I wanted to work the Penn's golf outings. So I was like, yeah, I get to sit on the golf course yeah. and fucking watch these guys play <laughs> like, okay. And get paid for it. So once again, it's just kind of fate of meeting the right people at the right time. So, you know, I would have people and it, it wasn't even the guys, um, like the players, it was more of the people that were with them that would mm-hmm. be like, Oh, so like, what do you do? And stuff like that. And I, I would tell them. Um, so I met a few people. This was, Oh my God, this was 2011. Cause it, it was their Stanley cup reunion. So it was like 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. whenever I worked the, the golf outings and, um, so we're talking, you know, 10 years ago that I met people and it wasn't until years later that they remembered me and were like, hey, like, I remember you, like, do you want to do paintings? Like, so that's kind of like how I was introduced to people with the pens from mm-hmm. years ago, but it wasn't until like 10 years later wow. did something come of it. Um, takes a long time. Yes, yeah, serendipity <laughs> though. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So um, just very fortunate, just met a lot of really genuine people that actually want to help you and that's something that you learn in business as you go on is people always want something from you so it's always like you know what's the catch yeah um but but i was very fortunate to just meet you know just really awesome people that just liked my work and um just wanted to support me so um i mean for the past what am i now 31 so 12 years I've been doing commissions and just, you know, slowly building since then. And, um, I've met more people in the organization and, um, I was introduced to the Penn's foundation right before I moved out to Seattle about three years ago. And then uh, I just started doing work for the Penn's about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, luckily like they haven't cared that I live out here and, you know, I have a great relationship with them and well, they talk about what amazing, they want me to paint. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, we just talk about, you know, what they want and, uh, I paint it for them and I ship it out to them and, you know, we make the foundation a lot of money. That's um, awesome. and yeah, so, I mean, I've just been super grateful that, um, it doesn't really matter where I live. Um, I mean, I can do stuff for people all over the country and so, yeah, that's just, uh, just what I've been doing. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I, again, like I don't know styles and 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 or you know uh, conversational <laughs> artwork, but so like a couple pieces that have stuck out to me is like the Jason Witten piece that you did. Would that yeah, be called like yeah. what was that like portraiture? Is that realism? Like how would you describe yeah. that? Yeah, it's a portrait. I'll just call it like realism or gotcha. portrait. So like yeah. that that the detail that you're able to get like on his face, on his jersey, on like, it's just insane. And obviously audio is not the best place to talk about (laughs) art, but I I will be linking your Instagram and website to the show notes, but it's just like incredible the the detail and the, and the realistic nature that you can get from this stuff. How, how how long does it take to master a skill like that? And, and, and the second end of that is I'm glad that you brought up imposter syndrome. Um, have you been now in the game long enough where you kind of feel like, fuck it. I I know what I'm doing. I can do this. Or do you still have like those twinges of doubt or, uh, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, um, 
like with I'm trying to think what part I should answer first. Um, I would say, I mean, I've been building my skill. Um, I would say probably since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you saw like the drawings that I did when I was a kid, I mean, I still have um, sketches and stuff that I did when That's I was awesome. you know, from like third grade and it was always cartoons. I could never really draw realism, mm-hmm. but then when you give me a painting, I can paint realism. Oh. Um, and and sometimes I do compare my my early works of paintings versus like what they look like now, and it has gotten sharper and cleaner at times. And and it also depends on how much time am I being rushed. Sure. Uh, so I mean, I'm probably gonna keep developing my style uh, probably till the day I die. Um, there was some kind of quote. I think it was from don't don't quote me. I want to say it was like Picasso, like Picasso or like Van Gogh or something. And somebody came up to them in the cafe and they were like, "Hey, can you do like a portrait or like painting of me real quick on this napkin?" And they do, and they take like ten minutes to do it. And then they said this like absurd amount of money that they wanted for it. And the person was like, "Yeah, but you only did it for like ten minutes." And they're like, "Yeah, but it took me like forty something years to get where <laughs> right. I am." Yeah. Like so, it's yeah. So it's always gonna kind of develop, and my style is always gonna develop as well too. Um, I mean, I started to get into more like abstract kind of work the past like few years. Uh, like that cityscape, like that multiple color cityscape. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. Thanks. It was kind of like you know, like moving out to Seattle too. I mean living in Pittsburgh, I mean, you paint something in Pittsburgh and people love it, yeah. you know, out in Seattle, I had no idea what the market would be. So it was kind of like, kind of wanted to throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. Mm-hmm. So playing around with like different styles and it's definitely been beneficial for me because, you know, some people and, and me personally, like I love realism. I love painting realism, but would I hang that in my house? No. What I want to hang in my house is actually like modern abstract kind of work. Mm. So that way I can kind of branch out to different people and make money in different ways. Um, and right now I'm kind of developing, you know, instead of painting exactly from the photo, because it's kind of like, what's the point of people paying me all this money mm-hmm. when you can just print out the photo? It just right. makes no sense. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to get more into, you know, putting more photos together, coming up with like different concepts. Um, the Marilyn Monroe painting that I just did, oh, so I used cool. modeling paste. So um, when you, you can't see it obviously in the photo, but when you're up against the painting, it's like thick 3D um, in oh. like the striping. So I'm trying to get into more like texture and, you know, just playing around with like different styles. So I think it's, I mean, I've been doing this since I was a kid, but it's just constantly evolving and changing and and playing around with stuff and um with the jason painting um i mean i knew that was a really big deal too so it was for jason for his retirement party and uh so he was going to get the original painting and then um we did like 20 limited edition prints like for his friends and family oh, very cool. and i so i think so like i knew it was a really big deal so it was just constantly like i must have worked on his one eye Oh my God. Um, multiple days, just like this teeny, teeny little eye because wow. I was just like, Oh my God, don't fuck it up. Like it, <laughs> it, because it's the whole point. It's like, it has to look like the person. I like, mean, it, it does. It, you nailed it. Obviously. Yeah. Not only am I doing it for the person, so they know what they look like, <laughs> but a bunch of people know what he looks like too. And they're going to be able to tell immediately like, Oh, that doesn't look like him. Yeah. Like so, his, his chin is off or his, his eyebrow. Or, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
yeah, like luckily, I mean, he turned out beautiful, but that's because I really just like took my time. And um, some paintings you can definitely tell when I'm more rushed versus with Jason. I was just like, oh, God, this is a big deal. It needs to look like him. Um, but yeah. Um, and then what was the other part of the? Yeah. Question? So like you've been doing this for, you know, oh, a, a decade plus. Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you mentioned that because I usually stick to painting people. Mm -hmm. um, it's just what I personally enjoy. And just recently, I've actually right before we did the podcast, I was on the phone with somebody and one of the paintings they want is a landscape one. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't like doing landscapes. It's not really what I want to do. But I mean, if someone's willing to pay the money for it, I'm like, ah, why not? And um, it's kind of also like a challenge too to kind of challenge myself and um, I mean, I always say, because I painted um, Sgt. Pepper's, like that album cover, and I always say, all right, if I can paint that fucking album cover, <laughs> I can do anything. Yeah. I'm sure I can paint a landscape. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, that's but, a uh, there's a few colors on that. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> um, so I agreed to do this painting for this guy, and it's not only is it a landscape, but it's by far the biggest painting that I've ever done. Um, it's five foot by four foot, so literally oh, it's wow. as tall as me. Oh, wow. So it it's definitely going to challenge me. Um, not going to lie and say that I'm 100% confident. Um, so, I mean, no matter how long you've been doing it, I think there's always going to be a little bit of doubt. And um, I like staying humble as well, too. But enough confidence to know that, like, hey, like, you you've done some stuff in the past. Like yeah. you can probably do this. Um, do you but, feel but, like, yeah. do you feel like social media plays any part in that? I, I mean, I know. Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Just, like <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, literally it was just a few days ago. Um, sometimes like I see other artists and I mean, it's, it's been like that a lot in Seattle as well too, like actually in the galleries and, to describe it to people sometimes where it's so inspiring and it's so intimidating at the same time because these people especially in seattle it's a big art community mm -hmm. these people are so fucking talented you can throw a rock and hit an artist that's talented and um to go from pittsburgh where i was a big fish in a small pond and then i come here artists everywhere and they're all super talented and you see their work and you're so inspired you're like wow that is so cool like i would love to try that and then there's times when it's like mm, like <laughs> you know why aren't i doing as well as them or you know what i mean mm -hmm. um well, I mean, it's, it's I so easy to like quickly compare yourself to someone else right abs absolutely um i mean i have people that i'm artists that i'm friends with and sometimes I'll see their stuff online. And as much as I root for them, sometimes when I see like them doing like, you know, like really well, I'm like, yeah, like, well, obviously like I'm rooting for them and like, I like their stuff. Like I physically like like it mm -hmm. on social media because they deserve it. But yeah, there's a part of me that like kind of feels, it's not necessarily like their work. It's the opportunities that they're getting mm -hmm. that sometimes that I'm just kind of like, Oh, like I'm just sitting at home, like fucking painting pet portraits. And you know what I mean? Like, it's sure. not like these yeah. like cool things, like the pens all the time. Right. Well, um, I think yeah. that's the, the, I mean, it's the one, uh, you know, 
double-edged sword of a creative career because you know like I, you're I, I i say a lot of people that i've spoken with on my podcast have been fortunate enough that they've found their calling at a very young age whether it's art or mm-hmm. photography or music mm-hmm. or whatever it might be and i kind of stumbled into all this stuff super later in life so i'm 35 and it's really just in the last five years that i've picked up a camera and started doing photography and it's like the thing that yeah. i love most in the world but you know you guys a lot of these people that i've spoken with have had a long career like they've got a long journey yeah. so I try not to compare my chapter one with someone's chapter 30th, but when you're yeah. on a you know social media platform where unfortunately it's always shoved, in your, it's always shoved <laughs> in your face and it's like, oh, well, I have X followers. They've got 10 times that. Yep. I get one yep. like, they get a billion. It's like, it, it's hard not to yeah. compare yourself. Oh, absolutely. Um, my one friend, David, uh, he does a lot of stuff for the NHL. And once again, I actually met him at the Penns Golf Outing like 10 years ago and he was doing a live painting. And once again, my style develops because I didn't even know what live painting was until I met David. And um, so that's actually how I got into live paintings, which, you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have had any idea that I would have been, you know, rolling into another source of income by doing it like that. But um, David is so talented and he's done the goalie masks for like Carey Price and, and like a few other people. And he does a bunch of murals for the NHL, travels all over the world. David, I have more followers than David. I think he only has a, a thousand something. But guess what? He's laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, like, right. he, he might have like, you know, a thousand followers, but it's every single one of those people count. Like mm-hmm. they're doing something for him. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always try to remind myself, like David has a banging career and he doesn't need a million followers. And But there are times when, and I know like likes don't matter, but sometimes it does. And, you know, I'll do a painting that took me months and it's gorgeous and it might only get like, you know, 90 likes mm-hmm. and you're just like, what the fuck? It's ego because, though. Yeah, it, it's ego, but it's also, um, if you know, people aren't liking your stuff, it doesn't mean that it's bad, but it's kind of, it's the algorithm yeah. of uh, social media that it doesn't help me get extra work and reach out to the people that need to be seeing my work that'll nope. pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as I try to say like likes don't matter, they kind of do because that's how more people find my work and that's how I get more work. I know. Um, it's so the, it's, it's the it, duality of social media. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, it's definitely, it's funny. Um, I think whenever I was doing my interview with the pens, and uh, I just did the ones for like the hockey pucks. And I was telling David, the interviewer, you know, with the whole imposter syndrome, if I saw another artist getting that opportunity to do limited edition pucks for the pens, I would have been so fucking jealous, like yeah. unbelievably jealous. But here I am. I'm the one chosen to get to do it. And I was just like, yeah, it's just it's another job right you know it's just another painting that i got to do and yeah cool if you're going to be printed on pucks like it, it it is it's funny if i saw somebody else doing it i would be so jealous and then when i do get to do it i'm like yeah it's just just another job just doing mm-hmm. my job so yeah it's i the, don't know if you've ever felt like that i have yeah it's it's the tough part about creative careers because like while I am and you are doing the thing that you love, like it's still work. Like you still have good mm-hmm. days and bad days and you're still days that you want to go to work and days that you don't want to go to work. And there's still days yep. that you are 
massively inspired to do your job and other days that you're not. And it's just like any other nine to five. It just depends on your day. Like, did I sleep well? Did I drink too much? (laughs) Did I have enough coffee? There's a plethora of things that kind of factor into that. Um, you mentioned, uh, earlier confidence and inspiration. So as like an artist, um, how does like other people's artwork inspire you? Uh, does it give you like encouragement to try different styles? Um, is it like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, especially when I came out to Seattle, um, just to kind of get a feel of like what sells out here, uh, I would go into some of the art galleries, and a lot of it was kind of the abstracty. Mm-hmm. And um, some of it, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, I can fucking do that. Like, I would look at it and be like, they're trying to sell this painting for four thousand dollars. I can fucking do that. Jeez. So that's kind of how I got. Oh, that's nothing in Seattle. Four thousand dollars for painting is absolutely nothing. Wow. Um, so I would um, I I would look up about like the acrylic pour paintings because mm-hmm. they were really cool and that's what was in the galleries and then people pour epoxy resin on top of it and I just watch YouTube videos of people doing them and um, obviously trial and error and you play around with it and I've sold those paintings um, to people that want to do the abstract kind of paintings. Um, so yeah, it's just those kind of things for sure. Um, even just scrolling on social media, just getting inspiration from other artists um, and clearly never ever ripping off another person's work. That's like <laughs> rule number one. Yeah. I've had that happen to me. Really? Um, yeah. Um, I up. actually, I didn't know who she was, um, but people actually, I, a friend of mine, she had found this girl somehow and it was a James Conner painting that I did. That was kind of like an abstracty. Mm-hmm. And um, she was like, Hey, I'm not trying to start any drama or anything, but you need to look at this girl's Instagram because it's your exact painting wow. of James Conner that you did. And that painting sold for $6,000 at, um, at a charity auction. Oh. And I had to get permission from the Steelers because it was for Dr. Stanley Marks's event, James mm-hmm. Oncologist. Right. So I had to get permission to even do that painting because I had the Steeler logo. Mm-hmm. And uh, this girl, it was verbatim. My, like nothing about it was changed usually you know when you take inspiration from somebody like there's like t- like tits and bits of like what you what you like and this was an exact replica of my painting mm-hmm. and so i was pissed yep. and i rightfully um, so <laughs> i'm i'm not i i get why people like some of my fate i hate saying fans but people that like are fans of my work, um, they started commenting on the photo and started kind of bullying her and calling her out for stealing my work. And, you know, I, I appreciate people supporting me, but, you know, do not, you know, bully people online. Like yeah. we're not oh, 16 God. years old. I know. Um, so the girl, um, she messaged me and she apologized and, um, she, when I talked to her about it and I mean, you do try to take it as a compliment. Somebody liked your, your work enough. Um, but at the same time, when I talked to her and, you know, like, didn't they teach you in high school? Like yeah. you can't, that's plagiarism. plagiarism. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You can't like, we were taught that for sure in art class in high school. And she was like, yeah, we were taught that too. And it's like, then why'd you fucking do it? <laughs> like, why did you do it? Yeah, right. Um, I said, Hey, if you want to take inspiration, like go for it. And it wasn't just mine. There was other people's artwork on there, too. Mm. I said, you can take inspiration, but you have to give 
credit to the original artist. You sure. can't pass it off as your own artwork. And she completely agreed, and I think she felt very embarrassed. And she was a young kid, too. I think she was in college. And mm-hmm. just like, look, there's a lot of artists out there that can be real fucking mean, and they could sue you. Me, I, I don't care. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a tongue lashing. Say, don't do this again, please. And just don't do it to other artists. Um, so yeah, that kind of, that kind of happened with her a few, uh, actually this is like a couple years ago, maybe, but does something yeah, like I mean, that, does something like that, like, I don't want to say call like, it is a negative, right? It's, but it's like, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Like that's bullshit in a way, yeah. but like, does something like that, like kind of be like, take the wind out of your sail? Like I spent years building like my yes, style. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Mm. yes, absolutely. And that style I created my own. Um, I got inspiration from another artist that I follow. He's incredible. Um, but you would never look at his work and then look at my paintings and be like, oh, that's his style. You would never. He just did, he does a lot of portraits and their faces are in multicolor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I that's where I took like the inspiration, but you would never look at his stuff and think like, oh, that looks like K-Chip's paintings. Mm-hmm. Or like same style, not even close. And that is a great example of you know, taking inspiration from somebody and ripping off someone else's work. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, so I wound up kind of just like creating that style based off of inspiration. And then here's somebody that she claims she wasn't going to sell the painting or anything. And it's like, well, so what are you going to keep it in your house for the rest of your life? I mean, come on now. And I told what else her, like, do it for? <laughs> yeah, like that painting sold at auction for thousands. I had to get permission to even do that painting. And then here's somebody just coming right in and doing it. Mm. Um, you know, up. that was another thing too. Yeah. So it's just like, um, hopefully she doesn't do it again. But, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely have taken inspiration from artists of, um, totally. me more or less. It's just trying different styles. Um, but never, yeah, you never want to rip off someone else's work. Yeah. So like style wise, you, you've done like a lot of, uh, portraiture realistic stuff and, and dabbling in the abstract world with like mm-hmm. some of those cityscapes and things. Um, mm-hmm. the Marilyn Monroe, Andy Warhol stuff, would you, is that like considered pop art? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Um, my question was, I mean, was going to be like, because I see like a lot of people on, on Instagram and TikTok and all these places that like blow up. It's because they have some sort of pop art, like where it's either a celebrity yeah. or a brand or something. So as like an independent artist who like, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of your growth, you know, financially and, and success and, and like business wise is predicated yeah. on more followers and yeah. more likes and stuff. Like, do you feel kind of pressure to have to produce that kind of work? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's I awesome. Gonna... Don't get me wrong. I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what's going to separate me from other artists and what's going to make me stand out. And I mean, the biggest bonus of it all is that's my artwork. It's my vision. Um, it's my creativity and my personality. Um, it's, yeah, it's so far. Literally... I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I mean, Marilyn's like the OG oh, bombshell, yeah. oh, but yeah. that painting is so fucking cool because yeah. you like kind of tag teamed like the old black and white Modern. with the, yeah, yeah, it's just so fucking cool. Like, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't follow a ton of artists online, but that's like super unique to me. Like I had never seen something like that. Yeah. So that, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so like that, and thank you so much, because that is the stuff that makes me happiest. Mm. I feel like a lot of artists that I see, you can tell by looking at their artwork what their personality is, and um, 
you know, that's a representation of my personality. So I know artists that, and I know them personally, and they create beautiful work. And whether it be, you know, um, landscapes or, um, you know, doing realistic photos of food, they're, I mean, they're fantastic. They do an amazing job. But I'm going to tell you straight out, that's boring as fuck to me. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, yeah. I, a bowl of bananas. <laughs> yes, I, they, they, it looks incredible. They are incredible artists, but to me, that is incredibly boring. Mm -hmm. And I know their personalities and they're very chill people and they're very quiet and meek. And so I'm like, yeah, that, that is your personality. Like I can tell not calling them boring, but, um, they're, you know, very mellow and their artwork is very, you know, classic and mellow. Yeah. And then there's me where I come up with this, like, goofy wild crazy shit um and you know i think of myself as a realist like in general i try to look at you know every situation in in a rational and realistic way so i think that's why i'm drawn to doing realism Mm -hmm. but then when people have met me and i'm sure they can tell from this podcast they're like she's gone fucking crazy (laughs) like like, you know what i mean or like she's cool i want to hang out with her yeah right right cool cool personality right exactly yeah so like that's always something that separated me from a lot of artists because a lot of artists from what i've heard and kind of from what i've met don't really have personalities Mm -hmm. so that's always been a plus for me where yes i'm very talented but i also have personality so i can hang out with people and i can sell my artwork and that's something that a lot of artists kind of lack but um, that is the work that does make me happiest is doing like the weird, not, not weird, but like, you know, your you know, spin on. And, yeah. 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 Like that's always my favorite, but I don't get a chance to do it very often because unfortunately, but fortunately I am very busy with commissions. That was actually um, going to be my next question. Um, so I'm yeah. glad you said that. So like uh, how, how much of your time do you get to paint the things that you want to do like that? I don't know if that Marilyn Monroe is a commission. Barely. Like how much Barely. time do you yeah. get between commissioned work and like passion work that you want to do just like for your own? Barely. Oh. Barely. Um, yeah. It's, it's something that I do need to work on with like scheduling. Um, but I know for a fact that doing pet portraits for people, do they pay my bills? Yes. And they've done it 10 times over and I will paint pet portraits till the day I die. Yeah. But do they make me happy and satisfied? No. But sometimes... But a girl's um, got it, right? <laughs> exactly. I have been so broke at times in my life being an artist. I've had fucking air for dinner. Like, <laughs> I never want to go back to that. So if you want me to paint your dog, I will paint your dog. But yeah, I mean... um, I don't get as much time to do the things that I want to do. Um, I mean, you can definitely tell my best pieces are when I had time. So mm-hmm. when I had like Cletus and Flo, um, that's when I was in high school. I didn't have, you know, a fucking care in the world. You can do whatever you want. And then um, I would have like maybe four years that I didn't work on a passion piece that I wanted to do for myself because mm-hmm. I was so busy doing commissions so I could pay my bills. Yeah. Um, especially out here in Seattle where it's super fucking expensive. Like yeah. you gotta, you gotta keep, gotta keep it up. Um, I did have like a small break for a bit there. Um, and knock on wood, I'm very fortunate. The pens paid me very well. So I did have a nice cushion of like, all right, I can, you know, take like a month off and actually have that luxury of turning people down or telling them I'm not working on something for, you know, the next two months. So come to me in two months. I had that luxury. And um, so that's when I finally got around to doing Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm kind of in that same boat where I, um, 
I just got a bunch of commissions for the pet orders, and uh, I was going to work on an Audrey Hepburn one, very similar to what I'm doing with Marilyn Monroe. But then I just got that commission of this five-foot, four-foot painting. So it's like, uh, you know. And how uh, long will something like that take you? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Because I've, never, <laughs> I've never done a painting this large, and I don't do landscapes. So well, like Marilyn's I, pretty big. How, how big was that, that painting? She's 30 by 40. Okay. That's yeah. Like three, um, a little less than three feet by, yeah. Yeah. And so how long did that take? That took size. a month? Uh, I would say I worked on her off and on for a month. If I actually was more disciplined, which I'm not, and actually woke up and had a set schedule of like, okay, from this time to this time or eight hours a day, um, I definitely could have gotten her done a lot faster than what I did. But I worked on her for over a month. But, um, I mean, some paintings kind of surprise you because um, one time when I did a Buckingham Knicks painting, it was three feet by three feet. And... At the time, I was like, this is going to take me like three fucking months to do this painting. <laughs> and I wound up getting it done in a week. Hmm. So sometimes when your paintings are so big, the detail gets blown out. So uh-huh. it actually takes you less time because you're not doing tedious little details and stuff. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so it's it's funny. Um, so when I do the paintings for Pitt and their Hall of Fame paintings, um, I thought whenever I first started them, I was like, this is going to take me like forever. And... The first painting that I ever did for them, I got it done, um, almost completely done um, in one day. And they're 16 by 20 black and white. So, yeah, like it completely surprised me. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get these done like really fast. Um, Detail depending, because sometimes the faces are like, they're like as big as, yeah, they're sometimes like with the photo, the face might be the size for like a nickel. And I have to paint like Dan Marino's face on a nickel, basically. (laughs) So when paintings get so small like that, then I might have to work on it for like four or five days mm-hmm. as opposed to the one because the detail is then so small. So it's, it's, it's tricky. Sometimes you think a painting is going to go really quick and it doesn't. And then sometimes you think this is going to take me forever. Um, so I don't know how long it's going to take me for this, this big one, but I'm going to guess and probably not as long as, as I wanted to, but yeah. Um, I, I just need to start trying to make more time for my passion paintings because um. You know, that's what's going to make me stand out and that's what people are going to be drawn to and want to follow me because I'm doing stuff that's completely out of the ordinary. And um, your own, yeah. Versus, yeah, you know, yeah. Spike the the multi-poo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you how do you deal with creative burnout and like it, because is it because you're I don't know if you do deal with it, um but because you work on so many different kinds of paintings whether it's portraiture, animals, yeah. cityscapes, etc. How do you kind of combat you know, that wake up, I don't want to touch a paintbrush kind of feeling. Oh, I mean, I just had burnout like three days ago. My friend texted me it was um, because they just did an article on me in, uh, in the town that I live. And so he texted me. He's like, keep hustling. And I was like, I am. But the burnout is real. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like when I do really feel it, sometimes I do just because, I mean, I do burn myself out a lot because I work from home. Um, it's hard to get away from your work when you mm-hmm. work from home. Sure. So um, I just feel like I'm constantly working all the time and I don't feel like it. I mean, I am, I'm working all the time and it's not good. Um, so when I do start to feel like that, I, I'm just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to take like a few days off um, just, or maybe, you know, not go on social media as much, or I'm not going to answer these emails until tomorrow morning. Like there mm-hmm. might be five of them, you know, 
there were a lot of times when I was like really obsessive. And a lot of it is too. People message me on so many different platforms sure. that if I go and click on LinkedIn and just like look and saw that I had a message, then that notification goes away. Mm. So then I don't want to forget, mm-hmm. you know, oh, this person messaged me. And same thing with like Instagram and all the other ones too. So I used to have a really bad obsession of like, I have to answer people back right away. So I don't forget. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes Talk about it's anxiety like, inducing, right? Yeah. Like get off your fucking phone. Yeah. Like, so now there are times when I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to answer until the next day. Or I need to start setting rules of like maybe like Saturday and Sundays, like, you know, after a certain time, like it can wait. Mm-hmm. So, um, I try to do stuff like that. Um, I mean, I always feel like with burnout, take a couple days off. Um, and then, I mean, hopefully a, a new fun creative painting like comes along that somebody wants, or obviously like when the pens want something and like, Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Like it, it, it gets, it gets you excited again. That's cool. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, the burnout it is, is real. real. Yeah. It's for everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so it's hard to say, like, I mean, obviously I've been blown away by your work for a while and you've had massive successes. You've worked with huge organizations, charities, and you're just like a, a working, amazing artist. Do you set, like, how do you go about setting goals for yourself? Is it like, I want X number of commissions this year. I want to be in a gallery next year. Like, how do you go mm-hmm. about kind of looking in the future of where you want to be a year from now, three years from now, that kind of level? <laughs> I wish I was even that organized. <laughs> I, I'm not. I am that is the part of me of the artist that is very lazy and I'm very go with the flow. And I mean, my sister's a teacher, so she has, you know, she used to live in DC. So when she used to come back to Pittsburgh and visit for fucking like two months before, she's like, what are you doing on this date at this time? Me and my dad are like, Chris, I don't know what, (laughs) I don't don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. And so like, she's super organized and I'm just very go with the flow. So um, I, I wish I were that organized to be like, you know, around next year, like I want to do this and I don't really think about it. I mean, maybe I should. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's always like a couple little things that I have written down of like, Oh, you know, maybe like look into this, but yeah, I'm not, it's definitely something I need to work on, but I'm not disciplined enough to, to be like, Hey, like, you know, set a goal this time. And I gotta be honest. Um, I, I appreciate that a lot because you know, so much of like your, well, at least my youth was, you know, you go to high school, you go to college, you get a job. And like, it's always like, where am I going to be in five years? I'm going to have the house. I'm going to have the wife. I'm going to have this and that. And it's like, I don't have any of those things. Exactly. If you don't meet that expectation, then you know what I mean? It's just going to be a constant disappointment. hundred percent. I have to be married and have kids by this Mm -hmm. age. And it's just like, you don't know what life's going to throw at you. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you might as well just ride it and just see what happens. And I mean, fortunately for me, it's been a hell of a ride, and <laughs> maybe that's why I've had the opportunities that I've had. Cause I'm just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, um, man, I, I, I love that attitude to, because I, I'm I'm yeah. very very similar in that because yeah. I think life is what ha- what is it life's what happens when you're busy making other plans. Like if you yeah. if you told me ten years ago I'd be doing what I'm be doing now, I'd be like. Pfft. 
fuck are you yeah, talking about? Like, come on, yeah. yeah, no shot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, talk yeah. to me about like your your support system. Like, obviously, you have got a nice family. Like, they they kind of, uh, you know, pulled your painting out of the dumpster at a young age. How much does their uh, you know, support and love in like give you the confidence to be like successful in the in the work that you do today and like throughout oh, your career? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, when I look back on it, um, I had the immense privilege of deciding not to go to college and my family did not care. Mm. Um, like I said, my sister, she's very organized and, you know, she wants the white picket fence. I have to be married by this time. I have, <laughs> ki- have kids at this time. We are completely opposite in that aspect. And my family knows that's Kate. You know, I'm the wild card. Like <laughs> Kate does whatever Kate wants to do. So like, you know, running off and getting married and, you know, going to Vegas or something, getting married, like they wouldn't expect anything less of me. <laughs> like, oh, you did I'm, that? I'm just, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, I was like, oh my but God, I'm that's so that, fucking like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, I mean like we did, like we did get married in the courthouse. Oh, that, that's awesome. Before I moved to Seattle. Oh, that's but great. like my family knew about it. Right, but right. you know, like once again, like me and my sister is just so opposite that like, my family just knows Kate's going to do what Kate wants to fucking do. So, I mean, they don't expect anything less. So the fact that my sister, you know, went to college and like everything, like I was complete opposite. And my, my family did not care at all because they knew one, Kate's going to do what Kate wants to do. You can't tell her what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, I think maybe because both of my parents didn't go to college. So they weren't like, you have to do this. You have to go to school. Nice. Um, but mainly they knew especially after high school when i was rocking every single art competition they knew like katie's you know she's very talented like she's not just sitting back doing nothing like it's going to happen for her Hmm. so as much as my dad had a really successful business in las vegas when we lived there um so my dad like i would go to him a lot of like business advice and things like that and um, which has always been incredibly helpful. But I mean, my dad has been saying it for years, like Katie, it's going to happen for you. It's mm-hmm. going to happen for you. So my family has just been incredibly supportive. Obviously my dad is bragging about me to people <laughs> like I in the hotel that. all the time. <laughs> um, I mean, not even just a crew members, like literally it'll just be anybody. And my dad would be like, Hey, this person's going to contact you like all I the time. That. Um, I love that. Yeah. So, Parents are the best. Like yeah. That. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my family's just been absolutely supportive, and my husband, of course, is like, super supportive, but he he stands back more because I'm like, don't tell me how to run my business, and he's like, <laughs> I, I, not that like I say stay out of my business, but I'm more of like, hey, like when I want your opinion, like I'll ask it, mm-hmm. but when I'm bitching about something, I don't need you to be like, well, you need to do this. Like He stands back, and it's just he just listens. <laughs> And then when I ask for his opinion of like, what should I do? Like, then he gives it. But, um, but yeah, he, he knows too. Like Kate's not like when he tells people at work about me and they're like, Oh, she's an artist. And he's like, yeah, he's like, it, it makes it sound like it's cutesy. And he's like, no, she does shit for like professional athletes in the pens. Like she's an actual artist. Like yeah. he knows too. Like it, it's a serious thing. It's not, you know, arts and crafts at home. Right. Um, no pops, but I mean, things. not, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, not just my family, but, um, I have like a select, well, my group of friends from high school are like super supportive. They're always sharing my stuff for me on social media, but, um, there's been a select couple people in my life that I had met throughout the years that 
they're the ones that are so genuine mm. and they had met me like they didn't grow up with me like they only met me a few years ago and we created like such great relationships and friendships and um you know they're always supporting me and you know showing people you know my work and they're getting me like these high profile people and jobs sometimes and you know and you know i don't owe them anything and yeah, you know they're doing that like yeah, just if incredibly I, fortunate in that aspect too. That's amazing. Yeah, I've I've I found you know I've made a dramatic shift in my life to to a creative career, and you find mm-hmm. like your these champions for you, and like these people mm-hmm. who are like your tribe that they just want to see you succeed because like yeah. they see how much I love the thing that I'm doing, and they just want me to be successful because they just yep. care on a you know unbiasedly just to see me succeed and it's not because oh they want to like revel in it but it's like that's nice when you get to that level of you've got your tribe and they're there for you and they're supporting you and that's awesome I like that yeah yeah so I'm just glad that I mean like I said they always know Kate's gonna do what Kate wants to do and (laughs) I mean with this whole like cancel culture like bullshit that that is going on like we didn't have this when I was a kid growing up this is just social media and like the past few years like I joke with my husband all the time. I'm like, I'm like a fucking cockroach. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> so like if someone ever tried to cancel me, I'm like, fucking, if I dare you. I yeah. fucking dare you. You can't cancel me. Like I will still wake up every single day and paint. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like you can cancel me all you want. I am still going to be an artist. I'm still going to paint whether you fucking like me or not. Oh, and I, I think that. that's, yeah. And I think, you know, especially in the creative field too, just in life in general, but you do have to have that mindset of like, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. I love totally. what I do and I'm going to do it whether you're buying my artwork or not. Totally. I, I, I get this thing where, and it's, you know, again, it's, it's social media's fault. I, and it, I just wrap myself up into it. Like some of the photos that I take that are, I think are like the most powerful and there's like a real yeah. story behind the image gets no love, no shares, uh-huh. no likes or anything. And like, that's like, just like kicks me right in the fucking nuts. And then other times, like I'll post a picture of like fucking something so stupid, like a sunset or something. And it's like a million likes. It's like very uh-huh. frustrating. Uh-huh. And it's like that duality. It's just like, fucking, I hate this place. <laughs> I I saw it's not a meme, but I saw someone say um, about you know social media, especially especially Instagram. Instagram with their algorithm is terrible for mm. small businesses and, and the, the creative worst. field, and and so it um it was like a meme, and it was like just remember you don't suck like the algorithm does. Yeah, and I was like I mean I mean it's true. I like, saved that exact meme. It's literally on my phone. Like, it, yeah. it, I have to remind myself that sometimes, like, when you look at something that you post, like, if only 50 people see it, like, you're obviously, you can't control how many people Instagram yeah. shows your stuff to. It's, like, a frustrating yeah. thing. And especially for a platform like Instagram where there's, you know, a billion followers and they're no longer, mm-hmm. like, a quote-unquote photo sharing app. So, it's, like, well, mm-hmm. if I can't share my photography and I can't share my artwork, like, what the fuck, am, what mm-hmm. are you here for? Like, I got to start exactly. dancing around my photo so you can share it to fucking people? It's so <laughs> stupid. It's terrible. I know. I know. It's it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, I find artists like you guys are in an industry that's just like immensely hard to like you know pinpoint uh-huh. and, and like peg down because you know you you look at something like that Basquiat would do and you're like wow okay that's fifty eight million dollars 
But mm-hmm. a third grader Why, could do what that. Makes it 50, yeah, exactly. What right. makes it worth fifty million dollars? So how do you like derive value in your work, or like what is it about the stuff that you produce that like you you can look at it and be like, I don't give a fuck whether someone thinks this is like high class art or world class yeah. or whatever, and like get have the confidence in yourself that you could just like produce what it is you want to, and yeah. not worry about what like a critic or outside forces kind of can focus on. Yeah, I mean, luckily, I've always had a kind of like a fuck you kind of attitude, (laughs) luckily, um, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) So, I mean, I've always kind of had that mindset. So it's like, you know, it costs what it costs. And my one uh, friend, he was an attorney, or he is an attorney in in Pittsburgh. And I remember him telling me whenever he opened up his own practice, and he was like, you know, I would tell people what I wanted, um, price wise, and they would kind of be like, "Mm." and he's like, you want the best, you got to pay for the best. Mm, So I I, I kind of just have that mindset of like, look, if you want good work, you know, you have to pay for good work. Um, I still feel like I underprice my stuff a lot. um, Whether it's in Pittsburgh or Seattle, um, just because of like, no, like knowing like the talent that has to go into it, the time, the cost of materials and shipping and taxes that you have to take out on it. And um, yeah, I mean, I do still struggle with, you know, how much should I price something? Um, especially going from, I actually had this conversation uh, with a girl I was dropping off pet portraits to her today and I was talking to her about it. And, you know, Pittsburgh is very blue collar. Mm-hmm. So um, the cost of living is a lot lower than what it is in Seattle. And um, it, just in general, it's not a huge art scene. Mm-hmm. So people unlike Seattle and Pittsburgh are not so fucking rich that they're just walking into galleries and saying, I'm going to buy a $10,000 painting today. They don't do that in Pittsburgh. People don't do that. When I tell people my prices, because I did have to raise them coming out here to cover my cost of living. And vast majority of people that do come to me still are from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And when I tell them my prices, they either ghost me or I appreciate when they say, Hey, that's out of my price range. Yeah. I mean, I said that that to you. Yeah. yeah. We've had that conversation. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I totally get it. And I don't blame them at all because Pittsburgh is a blue collar city and they're not making the money that people are in Seattle. And I totally, totally understand that. And I get that. Um, so I did have to raise my prices a little bit more uh, living out here just to cover my cost of living. And, um, you know, am I a fucking millionaire? No. Um, <laughs> I'm just doing enough to, to pay my bills and graciously and luckily, you know, enough that I do this full time for the past few years now. Yeah. And I work part time jobs anymore. But um, I mean, awesome. I just have the mindset of, you know, you do have to price it enough to at least cover your bills or, you know, it costs what it costs. And if people can't afford it, you know, it is what it is, mm-hmm. you know, on to the next one. Because, you know, but I did struggle for a long time in Pittsburgh. Um, there were times, I think there was like three times building up throughout the 10 years that I went negative on my bank account three oh, times. Gee, yeah. um, while, while, you know, paying for a brand new car and paying for an apartment and all my other bills. And you're like, how the fuck? Like, what do I do? Um so it was, and partially because instead of me working on commissions, I took the time to work on a passion painting instead, mm. and I wasn't bringing in money, and that's why I was going negative in my bank account. But, um, I mean, I, I luckily now have built up enough, 
you know, credibility that, you know, on to the next one. If somebody can't afford it, it's totally fine. I'm going to have like more people probably this week email me and ask for a painting and, you know, one out of 10 are actually going to go through with it. But and that's good. And then you get to pick time, and you get to pick your projects, right? You get to, you know, yes. That, that's yeah, awesome. Now I do. <laughs> yeah. Now I do. Well, that's the dream, right? Um, Yes, um, because of, you know, larger corporations that pay me, like the Pens or Pitt, I do have that luxury of being like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to work on that mm-hmm. project. Sorry, like I'm going to pass. I'll usually send it off to somebody else so they're not oh, left in the nice. dust. Of, yeah, that's great. Yeah, like I don't want people scrambling to try to find another artist. I'll, I'll refer like my friends. So that way, like, you know, hopefully like my friends make money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, Um, I mean... I'm just fortunate right now that I do have that luxury, but it it was not like that for a long time. It was, I could, you know, I took on any project that I could um, take what you can get, whether you like it or not, because Mm -hmm. you need to pay your bills. Sure. Um, But yeah, luckily now I have enough people contacting me that, you know, it is what it is. Um, If you can't afford it, the next person will come around. Um, Hopefully it always stays like that. Mm -hmm. But I mean, God willing, right? That's, yeah, that's, you know, being in the creative field, and I'm sure you know, too, like, you know, we're not needed. We're jobs that are not needed. Totally. We are luxury items. So, yeah, sometimes it is scary because, Especially yeah, in the people, last year. Oh, absolutely. I thought when the pandemic hit, I, I had no idea what was going to happen. Um, I thought I wasn't going to get any work because I thought a lot of people were losing their jobs. No, who's going to want to pay for art? It's a luxury item that you don't need. And by the grace of God, it was the busiest time that I had probably oh, wow. in you know, the last few years. Yeah. I'm so um, surprised to hear that. That's so, awesome. Same. Thank you. Yeah. Like, but um, yeah, I mean, in the creative field, it's um, we're not needed and the struggle is real. And, yeah. and I'm sure you've been through it too. Like, totally. Yeah. So my, my next question is a bit of a long one, but I'll, I'll aim to get to the point as, as concise as possible. So yeah. in, in relation to imposter syndrome, my biggest fear from my, you know, my photography career perspective is showing up to yeah. a, sh- a shoot or a job site and like my fucking SD card fails or I don't have yeah. the film that I need or my camera breaks <clears throat> or like any number of you know, ang- anxiety-riddled feelings that pop into my head yeah. five minutes before I snap the button that I'm yeah. like, fuck, what the fuck am I doing here? I'm, I'm not fucking, I can't fucking do this, right? It's like all those things that yeah. you go through and then you settle in and you're like, okay, I can do this. What's like your yeah. biggest fear as an artist and how do you kind of overcome that fear? Uh, I think my, my biggest fear is going broke again. <laughs> That's fair. And, yeah, like I, I would have to say that's definitely my biggest fear. Like, I mean, luckily now I'm married. So, I mean, I do have a cushion. So, I mean, once again, it's not like, you know, I'm living off of, you know, a rich guy or something, yeah. but I at least have a spouse that brings in an income. So, you know, if God forbid that were the case again, I'm not completely left in the dust to fall on my ass. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, you got a partner. But at the same, yeah, but at the same time, it is very like, oh. Um, I never want to have to go back to working part-time jobs that I don't want to, mm. um, because that was something that really interfered with my work because I was, you know, especially in Pennsylvania, like minimum wage is still seven twenty-five. Jesus. So you're working like five days a week and your paychecks are maybe like a hundred and something dollars. And it's like, this is nothing. I'm making nothing. And most of my time is being spent away from creating the artwork that is going to make me money and get me seen and mm. more clients to get me the fuck out of here. Shit. Um, 
that is by far like I yeah I think about it every once in a while of like I would I would fucking jump off of a bridge if I had to go back to working like it sounds so selfish and it is because there are times when it's like you know you better buckle up buckaroo like you got to do what you got to do to pay your bills but I'm just like that is like my worst nightmare um I think that's so incredibly I mean, honest like I, I appreciate yeah, oh, the fuck yeah. out of that yeah yeah because like I said no matter what I'm always going to wake up every day and I'm going to paint whether people like the painting or not. I'm always going to. The question is, are you going to make money from it? Hmm. So, um, yeah, that's just like my biggest fear, I think. Um, I, I don't care if people love or hate the. I mean, I don't care a little bit, but <laughs> mostly, like, mostly, like, for me, though, like, I want to make stuff that makes me happy. And um, if I make money off of it, fantastic. If I don't, I mean,. <laughs> I already have a shit ton of paintings <laughs> that still haven't <laughs> sold. So what else is new? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, I that's very honest. Don't I, have to go back to that. I, I appreciate yeah. the, that candor because that's like a, a very real, very honest, very uh, creative passion person yeah. would, would be able to relate very easily with that for sure. Oh yeah. Especially like I said, in the creative field where you're not needed. So, mm. you know, everything with my business is all about, you know, who you know and yeah. yeah, and marketing yourself online and everything. And that comes in once again into play with how many likes you get on something and to get more work. And if you're not getting work, you're not getting money and it builds into that fear and you don't know when your next commission's coming in. And yeah, um, I had a business coach. Uh, he was really great. And he always just described being an entrepreneur as a, it's a roller coaster. And it is like, sometimes mm -hmm. you are, there were times when like I was riding high and I was like, I don't have to fucking worry about money. Like I'm great. <laughs> and then it's like three months later, like you haven't had really any projects come in and you're like, what the oh fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And yeah, uh, luckily it has been very stable for quite a few years now, but I have been through it. Trust me. I love that. What do you have like a, like a dream project or a dream, uh, you know, person to paint or like, do you have any sort of like dream goals or, or like anything like, fuck, I want to paint X, Y, Z or person thing, uh, place, anything like that? Not like a, not like a dream goal. Um, not really too much. Like I do have so many ideas of the Andy Warhols that I want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, the gallery that I'm at, she kind of, she kind of shit all over my dreams a little bit. Oh, no. She she's like, you know, he's not very, you know, good looking and blah, blah, blah. And I know that might be more for like your Pittsburgh crowd. And it's like, yeah, like I, I get it. But Andy Warhol is universal though too. And totally. But the the gallery that I'm signed with in Edmonds, Edmonds is or should I say, most of the people in Edmonds, um, it's not conservative, it's just very quiet. Most of the people are probably in their fifties or sixties on average. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and the gallery that I'm in, most of it is landscapes and still life. And then there's me with fucking Andy Warhol hanging from a balloon. <laughs> you know, like so or holding a pickle, right? That, that, yeah, like that gets a kick out of like my stuff is completely different. But I don't know if it'll really sell, or at least not where I live. Mm -hmm. um, the more like quirky kind of stuff is in Seattle. So I mean, she doesn't really want me. She literally said straight out, like after I did the uh, the deal with it with Andy Warhol and Picklesburg, and yeah, I sent her hilarious. the, I like sent her the painting, and you know I thought she like was gonna put it in the gallery, and she just like called me and was like, hey, so uh, are you gonna keep doing these Andy Warhols? And I was like yeah and she's like uh i mean 
like she like didn't even want it in the gallery and she's like yeah i mean if you just want to like try and like sell that on your own and it's like okay like i literally have a fucking list of 10 ideas that i want to do with him that are just they're just so stupid and funny and and quirky and like yeah i know they're probably not like something people would hang in their house but i think that is stuff that people would hang in their house thanks but it's just like it's just something that excites me and it, it got me like excited and then she kind of just like squashed it um, so what does that what does that do to your confidence? Are you like are you just like ah fuck it I don't care I'm gonna do it anyway. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> there is a little bit that's like I'm gonna fucking paint what I want anyway. Um, but I do still try to please her because I mean the whole point of me being at the gallery is to make her money. Right. So I do also want to kind of like owe her that, but I don't feel like she's letting me kind of like be the artist that I want to be and. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, recording artists where, you know, they have to create these pop songs that they don't want to because that's what their record label wants. And that's what's going to be done on the radio. Yeah. yeah, And that's going to that's going to make all the money. But they're like, but my favorite song on the album is this that I wrote. And they're like, that song's shit. That's (laughs) never going to. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel sometimes. Like, the gallery is my record label. And they're like, yeah, but I I know you like doing that, but we want you to do this instead because this is what's going to make money. Like, that's how it feels a lot of times. And it's like, I just want to be the artist that I want to be and do the stuff that's going to make me, once again, like, stand out from everyone else. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, she kind of been squashing my dreams a little <laughs> bit there. So that's why I did, like, the Maryland, and I'm going to do, like, the Audrey Hepburn um, to kind of, you know, make her happier. Um, and people seem to like it, too. And I mean, it still they're gets sick. The kinda, I mean, like, yeah, I, I think they're, I don't know if, like, our whatever like design wise or artistically or style wise they're like the same thing right but they're yeah. both fucking awesome like yeah sign me up for a print of either i'll take one <laughs> yeah and totally. um she just thinks like people around here wouldn't want andy warhol because he's ugly <laughs> like <laughs> i get it i get it Marilyn monroe is hot as hell i totally get it that's pretty so it's like yeah people would much rather look at her than him sure um that's fair. so yeah, and then other goals right now. Like for a long time, I really wanted my stuff printed on merchandise, so I, I did start doing that on like the one website. Obviously, I would love it to be in stores and stuff everywhere else because that's more revenue coming in from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played around with the idea of um, maybe licensing or licensing my art. Mm. Um, so, so like the Pike's Place painting that I did, he's beautiful. I love him. Um, and That's the fish guy. Yeah. yeah. So if I could, you know, license that, whether, and once again, because I work with a modeling agency, like I learned a lot from that, which it's kind of like licensing your art. So whenever, you know, I did a photo shoot for Fisher Price, you know, we might have a usage fee. So it'd be like, okay, every time, you know, they show this you know, you get this X amount of money or we're going to pay you a flat fee and we own the rights to this for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's how it works with licensing your art and photos and everything too. So I do have that goal of like, I, I need to look into licensing it. So that way if a company sees it and they love it, they can buy the image and pay me a flat fee or whatever it is. And they can print it, you know, on puzzles, whatever they want for oh, however awesome. long they want. That would be cool. The only thing is, um, I don't know if I'm going to get a shoddy deal. 
So, because I don't know anything about it. I don't know what's a good deal and what's not. Yeah, I'm not big in a puzzle um, game, but (laughs) sounds like it could be cool, right? (laughs) Yeah, just in general with, you know, licensing your art. Like, I just don't know if they're like, okay, Kate, we're going to take, you know, a 60% commission off of, you know, how many things are sold with your image on it. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? So I need to... I want to find a lawyer that I trust or even I, I have like a couple people that I know that maybe I can just ask their advice of like, is this a shitty deal? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I would love to do this. Uh, and that's how like, if you go into, you know, like a Toys R Us or something, RIP Toys R Us, <laughs> but like you, you know, you see all the puzzles. Well, somebody, you know, bought the image so that way they can then print that, on you know the box and make it into puzzles and that photographer or artist whoever they were you know is getting this percentage of every time that's sold yeah so um it's amazing how much goes into like a creative career that goes like so wildly beyond like the 500 hours or whatever it is for you to produce something like it's things that like nobody talks about that you know this also in my opinion leads to a fair amount of creative burnout dealing with like emails Mm -hmm. and money and it's just like jesus christ i just want to take fucking pictures oh yeah oh yeah i've seen quite a few artists post about it and that definitely leads to burnout too because you know not only I've, i've even posted about it too of like look i'm not just sitting at home doing the paintings i'm also sometimes you know, I'm a fucking carpenter. I'm the secretary. Like I have many hats that I have to wear. I have to do all my own marketing. I have to go out there and like meet people and do all of that. Like it's not just painting. So, you know, I'm sometimes I'm not sometimes most of the time I'm building the box just to even ship the painting Mm -hmm. that I even created. Like that sometimes takes a couple hours depending. And, you know, there's, that's how you can definitely get a lot of burnout because you know, I am not making millions of dollars, not to say you need to make millions, but I'm not making enough money to where I can have an employee or I don't have enough work coming in that I would have an employee Mm -hmm. to pay them to do some of that extra work for me. So a lot of us artists, yeah, we, we take on all the hats and it's exhausting. Like owning your own business is exhausting. Yeah. Good times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, real. yeah, no, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'd like to spend uh, every little uh, last bit of every podcast kind of just doing some rapid fire questions. Like some are easy, some are like a little bit deep. Um, yeah. You don't have to like spend a million minutes answering each question. They're just try- meant to be funny, straightforward, and or thought provoking. Um, but my first question for you is what is your favorite book? Um, I don't read too many books. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I don't know if I've read a book in a long time. I I feel terrible saying this. I don't know if I can even answer. <laughs> I, I can't even remember the last time I even read right. a book. Fair enough. F- favorite movie? Oh, God. There's so many. There's so many. Most of them are probably comedies. Um, I would say my top favorite movie, though, is Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, it's To me, it it's just everything from start to finish like it's funny it's wholesome it's fucking sad and it's deep and it's it's real like i it's one of my absolute favorite movies but um like i just recently just rewatched like all the austin powers movies because they're on netflix and just like there's so many i'm a huge huge movie buff um i i see i've watched titanic yeah so like i've watched titanic like 20 times and I actually paid for it like accidentally twice <laughs> <laughs> on like 
yeah and i was like that's not i own yeah, and, I, I, I like i have such a huge movie problem i own literally 200 movies on apple yeah. tv or whatever like i'm a fucking moron and i've got like 1500 yeah. dvds so i'm, I'm yeah. with you on that completely I, I can't answer that question ever like i'm single like you have those conversations on dating apps like oh what's your favorite movie i was like how much time do you have like yes <laughs> this seriously. is like a loaded yeah, like, question <laughs> there's there's just some that like you never turn off like um anytime shawshank redemption's on i'm like mm. this is going on yeah um Deep Blue Sea. It's so fucking, <laughs> it's so awesomely bad. It's I lo- like my movie taste is everywhere, but I would say like comedies usually is nice. where like I some of my favorites are. Yeah. Nice. What's uh, what's your favorite food? <sighs> Once again, how much time do you have? Um, <laughs> right. I, I I love food, um, but right now, like I just have such a love affair with chicken penang curry. Mm. Um, it's and especially being out here in Seattle, like it's it's legit we have a huge asian population mm-hmm. so um it is oh it's the tits so like <laughs> it's 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 expensive it's like almost 20 dollars every time i buy oh, it but i get it multiple times <laughs> so that's kind of like my obsession right now nice. um but i love any i don't care what it is any type of asian food i don't fucking care um that's probably like the biggest genre is asian food nice um heavy one do you believe in an afterlife oh yeah fuck yeah. for sure good i like that yeah what are you most proud of um god that is a deep one <laughs> um i don't know at the top of my head i mean i definitely have to say probably things that like i've overcome um didn't have like the most beautiful childhood growing up um so I would say just the people that my sister and I turned out to be, um, my sister especially is just the most wonderful human being on this earth. And, um, yeah, I'm just really proud of her, like who she is like as a mother and a sister, she's like my absolute best friend. And I mean, I wouldn't be who I was if, if she was a piece of shit, I'd probably be a piece of shit. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> oh, I, she, I, you know, she's my big sister. I always wanted to do everything. Um, that she wanted to do but I mean my sister practically raised me like I almost consider her like my mom mm. um, so I would say just by the grace of God of how we've turned out with the shit that we've been through growing up I mean even into like my 20s too um, I'm just proud of myself too of just how independent I've become and what I've accomplished coming pretty much from nothing mm. I love that that's awesome what's the best piece of advice you've ever given or you've ever received oh um my dad has given me a lot of really good advice whether it be about life or business um one of my always go-to is uh my dad like he had a landscaping business in las vegas and um i mean back in the day we're talking no cell phones if you wanted to market you had to put it in the paper or Mm -hmm. go door to door and you know, my dad always said to me, you know, people aren't going to come knocking on your door and saying, hey, you do paintings, right? Mm. He's like, you got to get your ass out there so people can find you. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a lot easier with social media. I don't even have to leave my house. But um, that was always like a really good piece of advice. And, um, you know, just the lessons that, you know, my family, especially like my dad had, had taught us of, you know, being a good person and how you treat people and having respect and, um just yeah stuff like that i love that okay last one uh what's one recommendation uh for something that you've consumed lately either movie book podcast uh tv show just literally something that you've watched or consumed lately that you recommend for everyone who's listening today 
Ooh, um, I love, <laughs> this is so bad, I love true crime and serial killer podcasts. <laughs> so, so when people look at my artwork, they have no idea this cute, sweet painting of somebody. I have been listening to so many people that are unfortunately getting murdered and terrible, terrible things that have been happening to them. And I listen to all of that. Um, I mean, just I, I think it's just a woman thing, probably because most women are the victims. So I think we find a fascination with, you know, how to protect ourselves and things yeah. like that. And uh, um, I'm trying to think specific ones. Um, I mean, me and my husband are obsessed with like forensic files. I already crushed the I mean, there's probably there's like nine seasons and I have crushed it. Um, anything that's like true crime on on Netflix. Um, nice podcast yeah very cool kate thank you so much for coming on today i, I mean i yeah, enjoyed our oh absolutely i, I enjoyed our, our chat so thoroughly i mean i kind of had an idea that you were like this incredible badass human being but like after having this <laughs> chat i i couldn't couldn't be and been proved myself more right uh thank you, you got to see it crazy <laughs> firsthand you oh, pictures on instagram only say so much i'm such when a you meet, what can i say to people when you actually fucking meet me they're like oh my god i i, I mean it's funny expectations and reality yes you're right you're like this uh-huh. short little person and like bubbly uh-huh. in images and you're just fucking just a badass it's awesome um <laughs> I'm, I'm so appreciative of your time i'm such a big fan of your work uh and thank, thank you, you so much thank Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. No problem. Take care.